You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey everybody, this is episode 36 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, and we aim to ignite the flame of hobby in each and every one of you while catering to fluff and casual gamers. On the docket for tonight, we have multiple guests. It's not just James like it was at last episode. In no particular order, we have a real talk with the Pimpcron and Mick Storman about dating and Warhammer, which could be useful to several of you. Exactly how do you um, come out to your significant other? And that's not even meant to be a joke. Like it, like it, It's kind of a touchy subject, the whole Warhammer nerdism sort of thing. And uh, we have a discussion about that. We also have a Tesseract mailbox featuring Cronet and I, where we answer Renegado's email. And it is involving gatekeepers to Warhammer. And are they toxic to the hobby, etc. We also have a, well, here's an idea with just James and I, where we discuss a Maelstrom variation. A variation to the Maelstrom rules as far as the, you know, six objectives, draw the cards, yada yada. It's different every turn. We also have a Want That or Want That Not with Just James with the Noctilith Crown, which uh, is, of course, a new release from GW. And finally, we have a Get Brittle with the Pimpcron, where I discuss my free rules, use your own models, skirmish RPG light. I said that wrong. Skirmish war game with RPG light elements, and it's um, roughly 28mm. I mean, it could be whatever you want, but... Um, and we're finishing up uh, Headstone Beach is what we're finishing up. So, And that's in the supplement book number two. So anyway, um, that is about it for me. I have been very busy on the book as normal. I've been busy with Shorehammer as normal. My normal work has picked up significantly. And what else? Jeez. Um, I painted some Centurions for my Celestial Lions. And I got in a Kickstarter that I got f- from last year called, uh, gosh, what is it called? It's um, War on Christmas is what it is from Kickstarter. And um, I specifically got this for Brutality because I, uh, the first set was Santa Claus with a hatchet and Krampus and some snowmen and a zombie reindeer and things like that. Well, then last year we Kickstarted uh, three more sets which include, like, elves with candy cane swords and Mrs. Claus with a crossbow and um, a nutcracker with a sword and the Easter Bunny with, like, a grenade launcher pistol. It's um, it's all pretty cute. And uh, Jack Frost and even Blitzen as this, like, reindeer warrior is, is pretty damn funny. So I just got that in the mail. And, uh, oh, also a Christmas tree ent. So it's a whole group. It's one large one and a couple smaller... Um, Ents, you know, the living trees or whatever from Lord of the Rings, and they are Christmas trees, and they come with um, presents that are mimics, and they are freaking adorable. So I'm excited to add to my Santa Claus warband for Brutality, and uh, that's just the weird kind of stuff that you can do for Brutality that is fun and kind of dark and gross, you know, with the morbid topics and whatnot. Um, Other than that... I think that's about it. I've been quite busy with things. And, you know, I think I'll let you get to your podcast now. So, thanks for listening, as always. Toodles. 
Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Tesseract mailbox, and I am the Pimp Cron, and this is my wife, Cronette. How are you, Cronette? I'm doing wonderful today, and thank you for having me on the show. Of course. I know it's a sheer delight for you. Oh, more than you know. I do this for you. I I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we have a letter from a Mr. Renegado, and what does he talk about here? I don't know. Do you want me to start reading well, at go, the top? Well, go ahead and read it. Go okay, ahead and read I'm it. I'm sorry. Go ahead yeah, and read okay. it. Not, okay, so we're going to read the note now. Okay, not sure if you have any, or I'm sorry, not sure if you have ever <laughs> covered the topic before, as I am just starting to tune into the Croncast, but you, uh, your talks on cheaters got me thinking about the wider 40k community. Every now and then, someone will post a picture of some proxy models or, com- or conversions that started life as some other toy or model. There is always a portion of the community that always becomes unnecessarily nasty over what inanimate object someone is using to represent something on the table on the tabletop. Uh, I don't know why people get so up in arms about mood toy soldiers. Mo- toy soldiers. Oh, my toy, my toy soldiers. I don't know where is that, is that supposed to be like a um, ma. Ma. Yeah. yeah, it's a thing. Okay, whatever. Like meh. Uh, like like bra. Yeah, like bra is B-R-U-H. Yeah, okay. And there seems to be a uh, degree of elitism within the 40K community. You buy recasts? You are a scum. What? Using scratch-built paper plastic card models? You are no better than those that buy recasts. Why would you use those models in friendly... I'm sorry, I gotta emphasize that differently. Why would you use those models in a friendly game? You casual? Oh, you play Tau? We can't be friends. Okay, I I, I do agree with the last one. Tau. Yeah, everyone hates Tau and the players. I like Tau. What's Tau? You don't know what Tau is. Okay. Fish people. Okay. Communist fish people. I could do that. (laughs) <laughs> you, you, could, you could do that suddenly this has become a completely different segment okay going back <laughs> going back <laughs> okay there is so much about the online 40k community that comes off as um, caustic that i find myself wondering how these people ever manage to enjoy themselves Thankfully, I do think a lot of these trolls are relegated to the online social areas of the hobby Buy, I, buy, it I, must be but. okay, but yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't pre-read these. I just kind of go off the cuff. Yeah. And also I'm finding it hard to read too. The, the screen is somewhat far away from us. So I'm squinting to read these. Well, you squint to read something two inches from your <laughs> yeah, face. <laughs> Sorry. I'll start at the beginning here. Where are we at? Um, Thankfully. Okay. So there we go. Thankfully, I do think a lot of these trolls are relegated to the online social areas of the hobby. But I don't doubt that their attitudes have kept some potential, potentially great hobbyists away. Anyway, I thought it might be a possible talking point for an episode if you did, if you haven't covered it already. My stance on proxies: just make sure it's the right size. So he likes things to be the right size. Yes. Okay. It used to matter more when there was templates and things, but still, I mean, for cover's sake. Okay. 
I let my buddies proxy all the time. My favorite instance of this was when my opponent used my guard as Admech. Ever seen a handful of chainsword sergeants murder Trigon in one round of combat without taking any wounds? It's an easy day when they are actually Electro Priests. I have literally not the slightest clue what that means. <laughs> <laughs> All those words are Latin. Okay, actually. it sounds like some sort of, uh, what's it called? Like commercial? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like they're trying to sell you something. Anyway, have a good day, Kron. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Renegado. I appreciate the message. And um, so this is basically about proxies and hobby gatekeepers is the name of this email. Um, I hid that from you in the beginning. I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, so there are a lot of people like that, actually. A lot of what you'd call neckbeards, you know, the... Is that what you call women that don't shave their legs? A leg beard, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is completely off topic. Anyway, yeah, so, so anyway. going back to the proxies and mean people and hateful people in the world that have nothing better to do with their lives. Yes. Um. So a lot of people spend a lot of money on this hobby. And I have found that they like everyone else to spend a lot of money on it as well. So they feel cheated if you use recast. They feel cheated if you're using any proxies, any third-party models, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I've never felt that way at all. I'm perfectly fine with people doing proxies or whatever the hell they want, except when, like, uh, Renegado here says that um, they're not the right size. So, like, oh, here's my giant, you know, here's my giant monster model, and they're using a Space Marine. Like, that's not... That's not even close to what it should be, you know? But doesn't that, I mean, I can see how that can definitely give your opponent an advantage because, well, not an advantage, a disadvantage because they can't shoot you. But if you're not as tall as your model otherwise would be, doesn't it give you a shooting disadvantage as well? Sure. I mean, it could go both ways. Um, Like my Space Wolf squats are like that. They're about three quarters the size of a Space Marine. They're they're shorter than a Guardsman even because they're dwarves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I can't shoot you and you can't shoot me because I'm short. So it, it can backfire on you, but a lot of times, you know, or like um, not just for line of, line of sight purposes, but if you are playing something that should be the size of a CD, okay. it's base size, and you're playing it on the size of like an infantry model, that infantry model can easily fit through a window or an alley or something where the big monster couldn't. Hmm. So okay. that's why size matters a lot. It used to matter more for bases. Yeah, um, I remember templates or whatever. Templates. You had those green things that hung out around my house all the time. Yes. The pie plates and the small template and the uh, flame template. I always like the flame template. template. I, I kind of wish they'd bring back the flame template. Just that one. Because that was so cool. You really felt like you were... You know, you were sending out this gout of flyer, of fire acid or whatever, because you literally counted who was under it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that uh, I think they're definitely caustic to our community, just like Renegado said. I also wish people would just shut up and let people enjoy the hobby how they want. You know, some of us like painting, some of us like assembling, some of us like kit bashing, some of us like playing or the lore or whatever, and just let people enjoy stuff. You know. Um, I think people take it far too seriously. I'm not necessarily a uh, anti-recast person. I don't go out of my way for recasts, but um, you know, I'm certain some of the stuff I've bought on eBay is likely a recast. I don't know if it was or not, but um, you know, it's it's irrelevant, honestly. So anyway, uh, I really wish we could maybe as a community. You know, they always talk about bullying being a bad thing, right? 
Oh man, there's bullying everywhere. You can't go on the internet without being bullied. Basically. But the cool thing is, is we can also use peer pressure to our advantage. So what you do is whenever someone's being an asshole and they're being like, oh, you can't proxy or you can't whatever, we should start shaming them. You know, just shame, shame <laughs> as a community. And I'm telling you right now, that will fix someone's attitude real quick. If everyone in the community in that room starts waving their hands at them like they're on fire like they're trying to wave out a fire going shame shame it'll give it gives a nice cult feel and cult mentality actually works yeah all right well anyway i completely agree with everything you said nate i honestly um uh there's a lot of hobby gatekeepers and they suck so let's try to kick those out of our hobby because really they do prevent a lot of people from enjoying it the way they want to enjoy it if you want a my little pony army then good God, make yourself in my little pony army. If you want Hello Kitty, if you want a pink towel army like James has, dude, just do whatever makes you happy. If you want glitter like we talked about with uh, Diana, I think was a uh, email a little while ago, dude, put glitter on stuff. Like it's just, that's the whole great thing about our hobby is that there's a lot of creativity to it. You can make your own chapters or make your own dynasties or do whatever you want, paint it the way you want it, kit bash it if you want, Use third-party models. I mean, really, it should not matter. Well, when I made the Slenderman purely black primer army, you said that had no character to it. <laughs> Actually, if you made a legitimate Slenderman army, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I don't play Warhammer. So. I know. Yeah. I'm aware. <laughs> anyway, th thank you for being on. And thanks for writing in, Renegado. Want that or want that not? Will you stop burping? On this segment of Want That or Want That Not, I'm joined by my uh, afternoon delight, Just James. Hello. And we were going to talk about the Noctilith crown. Noctilith crown. Whatever the hell that is. So you tell me about it because just now, that's my phone, just now, um, somebody with a trumpet walked in. <laughs> <laughs> uh so just now you mentioned the Noctilith crown. I'm like, what is that? So tell me about it. Uh, so it's a new terrain piece for Chaos Space Marines. Um, it costs fifty bucks. It is uh, it's like a big, like a uh, circular, looks like a gate on these two posts. Uh, and of course it's chaos, so it's got spikes and chains all on it. Um, it does. Uh, from the description, it says it it protect it provides a uh, a barrier, a, a energy barrier around around it to protect the people inside, and also it allows psychers to reroll their psychic tests. Um, I believe it gives you uh, people within a certain amount of inches. I don't remember how much, but it gives them a five up involve. Okay, so it looks like some sort of portal. It doesn't like teleport people or anything. No, it doesn't do that. Um, I don't know exactly what it does, uh, but it does look like a, a gateway. Now, is it just me, or would it be cool if this actually did teleport people out? Like, you could use it like a cannon. You put one of your units in reserve and shoot them at the enemy. That would yeah. be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it, or they give you get it comes in a set of two, and then you can use them like oh. Gnaw holes for Skaven. Or like the, um, uh, what, what, Realm Gates. Realm Gates, yeah. yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be really cool. 
um, you know, you have all your Havocs on one side of the board, and then if the melee gets too close to them, you just whoop, whoop, yep. through the other one. And I would, whoop, have, whoop. I would have to whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, um, what are your thoughts on the look of this? Uh, it, it's, uh, it's not much to look at, really. It's, I mean, it's a ter- piece of terrain, but it's not too outstanding. I mean, it's got, it's chaos, so it's got spikes, like I've said, and, and chains, and some skulls hanging off of the chains. It's very chaosy, but it's almost cliche chaosy. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I- I'm, I'm not entirely feeling this. Like, as just a terrain piece, that's fine. But, I mean, it could really chaos up something, you know, if you put it, like, on, I don't know, a bastion or something like that. And, well, not a bastion, but, um, like, the, uh, whatever, a base. Make it chaosy. Take an Imperial base. And what's the, what's the uh, stronghold? Fortress of Redemption? There you go. Put it on that. That would be cool. It might be a little big for that, but that would be, look pretty cool. Yeah, and chaos it up, you know, and have, like, corpses hanging, chained to the sides of the Fortress of Redemption and whatever, and have this with it. Yeah. But it really looks like a portal to me. It really does. I don't know, maybe it channels warp energy, I guess, is probably what it does. That's probably what it does, because it says, you know, you can reroll failed psychic tests. Yeah, so I guess that's it. But um, uh, but I also, I think terrain pieces should be something <laughs> you could set your models on. I think that... Most of the uh, terrain pieces should be that way instead of just standing next to it. Yeah, because it really doesn't offer anything. It doesn't offer cover. It doesn't offer even line of sight blocking. Like, it offers nothing besides that. Yeah. But the 5 of Binval, I guess, is better than cover anyway. Yeah. With, against extreme damage. So, ultimately, uh, I am going to say no for this. Now, I might change my mind. I'm kind of on the fence. But I am kind of a want that not on this because it doesn't strike me as incredibly cool looking, but I do see the utility in it. So what about you? Uh, I am a want that not, but I'm still getting it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, I don't even know what to say to that, actually. Uh I mean, I could see why you'd get it. At least get one for the five up involved. You know, it would also help your vehicles, I'm assuming, not just infantry. Because, you know, you take a, pre- a couple Predators or a... Defiler has a 5-up involved, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Oh, okay. So that's no help. But um, all in all, it's okay. Uh, eh, that's it. I, I'm i a meh on this. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for being on, as always. And we are both a meh, meh. on this one. Now, here's an idea. Welcome to another edition, 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 it's edition, suddenly we're French, welcome to this edition uh, of, well here's an idea, and I'm joined with, I guess you already heard him, so the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, it's me, Lord Master Alex. <laughs> now you gotta fart, that's, yeah, um, so I have been messing around with um, some objective rules and just James and I have already played and our friend Josh and I have already played with these and they're similar to the maelstrom rules, but they're slightly different and they're much, much easier. So one of my favorite things about the maelstrom rules is the, you know, you never know what you need to get at the end of each turn, you know, whether it's kill a unit or whatever, but not everybody has the cards and you and I have learned that rolling in the book for them is a pain in the ass 
It, it is. Yeah. And uh, without the cards. And so what I like to do is we've been playing this several times and I really like it. It's super simple. You number all six objectives like you normally would. And at the beginning of each player turn, they roll two dice. And you will get a victory point at the end of the turn if you capture those two numbered objectives. If you rolled a one and a two or whatever. If you roll the same number twice, you get double ones or double sixes, etc. Then you get two points for holding that one objective. And it's so simple, so easy. It makes life much easier. Have you enjoyed playing it? Um, the first time I played it, I liked it. But then there was another time we played it and I got really screwed <laughs> with that. And I also suggested if you roll doubles, you have the option of rerolling one of them. Sure. Because, yeah, that probably is what screwed you, isn't it? Yeah, there was several times where the objective was in your deployment zone. There was no way I could reach it. And we had to re- roll each at the start of each turn. Yeah. So I couldn't get to it. Um, but then it, would co- it would cost two points, but I, I couldn't get to it at all. Yeah. Although, you know, the Maelstrom, you always run that chance anyway of screwing yourself. Maelstrom of the War cards is like, eh. Yes, but you can also hold on to them. <clears throat> well, that's true, too. I mean, a variation to this could also be that you just can keep one of your dice. Yeah, you know that would be good. Yeah, or or if you wanted to, another variation would be roll three and drop one. That yeah, that could be a lot simpler. That you know, like you're less likely to screw yourself. Or if one of them you roll, you know, two fives and you're already sitting on five. Well, crap! I'll keep those two because you know that's two points right there. Another variation you could do is you have the your opponent choose which one you keep. Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, though. Um, now, there's also something else we've been doing with objectives that I've really enjoyed. Uh, do you want to explain it? Oh, uh, yeah. The one game we played is... No, I meant eating them. We've been eating the objectives. Oh. So you you put down six Oreos. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Actually, that would be kind of cool. It's awesome. <laughs> I, make them hamburgers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got six McDoubles. <laughs> <laughs> spilling their grease onto the gaming <laughs> yeah. mat. Um, so what it was is we there were six objectives, and then it was at the start of the next turn, we would roll a d six, starting with the top of turn two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we roll a d six, and whatever result it was, that objective is gone. Yep, and that can also screw you pretty quick because yes. remember our my space wolves game with you yes uh i was playing orcs i had boys all over the place yeah and every time he moved his uh storm wolf to an objective that objective would disappear yep so i uh, my <laughs> my thunder wolf ran up to the objective you were holding trying to contest it and that disappeared so then i'm like well i'll go back and, and hold this other objective in my deployment zone then it disappeared so then i moved over to the center of the board with them and it disappeared. It was like three objectives in a row that all disappeared while the Thunderwolves are trying to chase them. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, now, of course, you know, you could just once, let's say you've lost two objectives, you know, you've missed one in five. Well, then you just have to reroll those numbers. Or if you wanted to, you could re- renumber the uh, like once you get down to three objectives, you mm-hmm. could do a D3 or yeah. something. I mean. It's not perfect, but it's a lot of fun because you've got no idea. It's kind of the reverse of that. Um, what is that mission in Age of Sigmar? Gift uh, from the Heavens? Oh, the, yeah, the, the comet or whatever yes. drops down. And you don't know where they're going to show up. Yeah. Well, this is like the reverse because you start out knowing where they are and you don't know where they're going to leave. So the 
return of the heavens or something. Yeah. <laughs> the mothership is slowly beaming them back up is what it is. So I think if you try either one of those types of missions, you will really enjoy it. And you don't need Maelstrom cards. And it's still a lot of fun. And it's very random, which is... You know, Just James and I play a lot of Warhammer, so it can get boring very easy. We were just discussing this the other day. Kill points, oh, objectives, it's yep. all the same thing. Yep. Even the cards get uh, boring as um, two. <laughs> they get boring as two, <laughs> yes. And that one guy said you had good words, too. I am word good. Yeah, you got good words. Anyway, thank you for being on Just James. No problem. Smooches. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimpcron. Hey, Pimpcron. What? You know what's awesome? What's awesome? Money. Yeah? You know how people can help you out? How? They can go to Pimpcron's podcast. And wait, no. What is it on? <laughs> so, good, good try. I good tried, tried. I tried. Patreon. Oh, Patreon. That's right. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Pimpcron. And they can help you out, right? Absolutely. Happy ending. For everyone? Yes. <laughs> Today, Mr. McStorman and I are going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to many of you, probably. Uh, first of all, hello, Mr. McStorman. How you doing? And I'm doing just fine. Thanks for asking. You know, I really appreciate that. I that know. means a lot to me. I think about you more than I think about myself. <laughs> So, anyway, so what were you talking about today, Mr. McStorman? Uh, dating. Dating and Warhammer. Ooh, that's... Yeah, it's uh, it's like oil on a rainbow. Oil and water. A, yeah, or a rainbow on an oil slick. Or No, oh, that does go pretty good together, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's been a long freaking day. Uh, oil and water, I think, would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... That this is like, luckily, I got into Warhammer after I was already married for several years. So, and honestly, I don't think my wife would have cared at all. But, uh, what about all these guys and gals that are not married yet, or they're not in a serious relationship or whatever? And, you know, we don't want to stigmatize Warhammer too much and all this, this nerdy stuff. But, on the other hand, that might not be something you want to bring up on the first date, second date, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's a it's a reality. I mean, it's something that you you're very passionate about, and if, if sooner or later that person is going to find out what you're doing, but you don't want to do it right away and scare the crap out of them, or then to be like turned off by it. And that's a, that's a sad reality. I mean, because some people look at the stuff with a low brow and just look down on you because of it. Yeah, I mean, now nerdy stuff in general with the superhero movies and D&D making a resurgence and all that, um, a lot of nerdy stuff is coming more in vogue than it ever has, but yep, has. but when you're painting and playing with miniatures, I mean, that's that's something a little bit different for most people. It, it is, and I, I could see it being a real challenging for those who uh, are in the dating realm and want to come out, so to speak, when it yeah. comes to uh, their uh, their hobby. So what do you think would ideally, so of course you'd have to feel out the person that you're dating, right? So he or she may not be into it. They might be like, how nerdy are they? Mm -hmm. are, have they heard of Warhammer? Yep. You know, bring it up in passing or whatever, just to, just to test the waters. Because if they've already heard about it, then it would be less of a shock. 
But like I talk to a lot of people that don't play Warhammer and they always go, what's that? Mm -hmm. They have no idea what Warhammer is. So, you know, for the vast majority of people, whoever you're going to be dating, I mean, they have no idea that people actually sit down with miniatures Mm -hmm. and, you know, I got to tell you how embarrassing it is to explain it to like, uh, our hotel venue when they're like, so what it is you do at this convention? Especially every year they ask you what it is. <laughs> yes. Well, they've had several different managers. Uh-huh. So every year it's what? not been every year, but every, like multiple times I've told at least three separate managers. They go, so this is Shorehammer. What is that? And <laughs> you could be like, what, what, what was it? The, uh, when people dress up as animals, the flurry, uh, the, the furries. furries. Be like, it's like, it's like furries, but with miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to explain it. And what's funny too is that um, uh, they don't. Th- usually, what happens is they're like, "Oh, so it's like Risk," and I'm like, "Sure, yeah, yeah." Like it's it's really not like Risk no, at all. Yeah, but, but I mean, that's, I guess that's the like the dumbed down version you could explain to them. Yeah, or just that's a simple way to put it, I guess. So obviously, you know, maybe on the first date you could bring up Warhammer to your potential boyfriend or girlfriend if they seemed like they were already into nerdy things and whatnot. But let's say they're absolutely not into nerdy things. They're more athletic or they're more into sports or whatever, right? Um, what what date, what number date do you think would be a good number to start, like you said, kind of coming out? Like yeah. like admitting that you do this nerdy hobby. Well, my, my professional and expert opinion is you'd come out after you had sex with that person. And then you, you would bring it up. You mean immediately after? Like, oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, I pay miniatures. By the way, I got miniatures in my closet. That sounds like something out of a horror movie. You want to see them? <laughs> but at least you got what you wanted. And But that's the best way to put it. That's the, Just seal the deal first. You got to seal the deal. You got to beat those cheeks. Okay. And then you bring it up. And if she doesn't, he, she or he doesn't stay, then screw him. Okay. Well, you already did at that yeah, point. Exactly. So at least you got that. It's yeah. Win-win. You get, you get, feel like you get something off your chest. You get something drained out of you. <laughs> got something onto their chest. <laughs> <laughs> Confetti. Uh, what are we talking about here? So, um, so do you? Do you really? I mean, in all honesty, you you think you should at least uh, seal the deal and and get get some action out of it before you tell? Yeah, them? I think you got to form some sort of relationship or some sort of um, chemistry first before <laughs> you. If it's a first date and you bring it up, the the person's gonna look at you like, "Wow, okay, check, please. I'm out of here." No, I mean, not not everyone's gonna do that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I could see someone uh, running running away. Uh, when you bring this topic up. Okay, so let's look at it a different different way, right? You're on a date with some woman, right? It's your first date. And she's really into knitting, right? And at first you go, well, that's whatever. You know, knitting's knitting. And then she talks about it. And she keeps talking about it. And all she fucking talks about is knitting. And I bought this new crochet needle. And I bought this new knitting needle. And, you know, this brand of yarn is really not good. And this brand of yarn and blah, 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 blah. Yep. Obviously, if you're going to do that bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's it's coming off too hard and too fast. It's something you, you, you briefly discuss and then you move on with the topic. There's something else. So an, another way to, um, if you are going to bring it up, definitely bring it up nonchalantly. If you're going to bring it up early in the relationship, which I think you should, you yeah. know, if it's like for me, Warhammer is a huge part of my life. Like I would have to bring it up on the first or second date, but don't be like, 
don't tell them everything. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I can't tell them that I have a freaking shelves full of terrain and models. Some of the I, I have 15 armies, <laughs> you know? Like, no, don't do that. What you should always do is act nonchalant about it. Like, you're on the topic of hobbies, and you go, oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I kind of like this game, uh, Warhammer. And then they ask a couple questions, and you just totally downplay it like it's no big deal. Yeah. And you're not lying to the person, but the, the reason why I'm saying this is that you don't want to give them the impression, like I just gave the example of the Yarn Lady. Yeah. You don't want to give them the, the impression that that's all you're about, mm-hmm. is, is that game. Because, honestly, nobody is, that's all they're about. Yeah. No. You go through your phases and stuff like that, sure, but, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So if you are going to bring it up, bring it up really nonchalantly. Act like it's no big deal. Now, if you're on the date with Yarn Lady, right? And you're like, hey, what are your what are your um, hobbies? And she's like, oh, I really like to knit. And you'd be like, oh, cool. And you talk for two minutes about knitting and then you move on. That wouldn't be a red flag. No, you're right. You're, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think also when you're you're dating, I start wearing uh, like Warhammer clothing around that person, and not not uh, I don't no, know. no 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 not, nothing too <laughs> nothing too flashy. But I'm saying so every once every once in a while, mix it in with your attire. Like say you're in your weekend clothes, you're working out at the gym together. Oh, put yeah. on a Warhammer shirt. Like oh, this is my workout shirt. I work out in this. Okay, at first I thought you meant like wear no, it to a no, date. No. <laughs> <laughs> Warhammer. <laughs> Yeah, that would go over really well. Yeah, but but no, you're right. If you're working in the yard, yeah, you're working at the gym, yeah, something. Casual clothes. Yes, don't make it act like it's such a big deal for you. No, no, I'm never um, crazy. No, I would never, I would never wear that on an official date. Now you know what does make panties and boxers drop? Me. Official, <laughs> official Shorehammer swag. That's what the. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you need to go to Shorehammer and you need to buy a Shorehammer T-shirt, and that is like literally. Men, women, dogs, squirrels, octopus, they will just be attached to you like a magnet. It's the Viagra of the gaming world. It is. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so what if they, I mean, honestly, if they don't like your hobby, like if, if you gradually come out to them and say that you like this and over time they, you know, they kind of agree with it, but, um, over time they start restricting you. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're going out to play Warhammer again, or, oh, oh, you're hobbying again. How do you deal with that? Well, you cut their fucking throat. (laughs) (laughs) And they deserve to die at that point. Ouch. Yeah, I'm pretty, uh, zero to 60 sometimes. (laughs) Fuck them. That's, well, you already did that. (laughs) Right before you told him that you play Warhammer. (laughs) No, it's got dark real quick. No, but I think one strategy, uh, (laughs) if if they don't like it, I mean, just... You can't sacrifice everything of who you are, and if they can't get past it either, then maybe they're not meant for you. Honestly, yeah. I mean, if, simple if as that. If they're going to judge you for your hobby, and, and they think it's whatever, um, you know, and they try to keep you from doing it, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, seriously. I mean, it's better than, there's other people out there, they, they collect, you know, dog poop. You know, that's something that would be really, really, really strange. So, yeah. in, rea- in reality, like, okay, for example, this is this is perfect, you know. Like a lot of relationships, they always sit down and they go, "Hey, I got a deep secret to tell you." Uh huh. And people are always freaking out at that point. Like, oh crap! What does she uh, does she have something or does she does she have a kid or there's always something like like you're worried about AIDS. And, I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, some something. serious disease. But imagine how relieved she would feel. Like I am really into this gaming called Warhammer, and I like to paint miniatures and terrain. She'd probably be like super relieved. By just hearing oh, that. Oh, so... Like, so, you set it up to be bad, but it's not oh. really as bad as she thought it was. 
So you could go one step further and really set it up. Like, um, you get a friend. So you get a friend, right, to start calling you at all hours of the night and claim he's from the police department. <laughs> oh, we'd like to bring you in for questioning. Oh, no. And you hang up, right? And then you're like, we got to go. We got to go. And you, like, you, you flee. You get in the car, you 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 grab your other and throw them in the car, and and there's like a, then you get another friend with like fake cop car lights, uh-huh. and they chase you, <laughs> right? And then there's like this whole shootout with fake blood, <laughs> right? This whole thing at the end, you know, uh, you even set up like a mock court appearance. You're arrested. There's this whole yeah. thing, a trial, and at the end of it, t- come to find out, you're just in Warhammer. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah. Do you know what a relief that would be? A huge relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that won't that wouldn't work no but your heart's in the right place i get it thank you yeah, yeah I, uh yeah i mean it's, it's something that, um when it comes to dating i mean this is a you need to come to terms with it and you don't want to wait too long and have her discover no. it you want to get it out there and plant the seed so to speak and let her let her digest it and come up with her own conclusions. I I agree. Despite you not trying to make that a sex joke, it was. Uh, <laughs> so, but um, no, no, no. You're right. Honestly, though, yeah. you. I mean, you really don't want to wait past the fourth or fifth no, date. Like no. that's. It's like if you had a kid. Like that's something you tell right away. Yes. Like, yeah. By the way, I have a kid with another uh, my ex-wife or yeah. know, yada yada. It's something you got. To, <laughs> we're talking like Warhammer is like this bad thing to have or but something to a lot of people to a lot of yeah. people it's weird it, it is it, it is unfortunately but and but the, i think that's you have to come to, to terms with this yeah you got to and honestly okay so part of me goes all right well if you're not that into warhammer and your significant other has an issue with it then you know and you don't care about giving it up then just give it up like who cares if you're not that into it but that's a very slippery slope. It is. Because then they're going to want you to start giving up everything else and they become very controlling and they very. So, honestly, it's kind of an all or nothing thing. When you start dating someone, you need to tell them up front, you know, be nonchalant about it, but let them know you're into it. They're going to find out over time how much you're into it. And why waste your time? So, like you said about not bringing it up too late. Yeah. What if you're really hitting it off with this person, but this is the type of person that thinks, oh, you can't play any childish games if you're an adult and blah, blah, blah. Well, you want to find that out sooner than later. Yeah. Because this could be the deal breaker for them. Oh, yeah. It very well could be. Um, or it could be an excuse to break up with you. Maybe they, they, True. they don't like you that much. And then you finally say, oh, by the way, I'm into um, miniatures and painting. They go, okay, now we're done. So, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's 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 a very uh, hard thing to, to come to terms with. And I mean, obviously, like you said, this is not really like a crime or anything like that, but it no. is something that would make you a little embarrassed, maybe, if you're trying to date someone and you don't know how they're going to take it. I think if you had a healthy compensation of other normal things, like playing sports yes. and running and being outdoors. And, and you have a job. And, you, and like, you... you like to go out and go to the bar and stuff like that. That would offset that nerdiness. Unless this is your only... So what you're saying, as long as you seem more well-rounded yes. and it's not yeah, your... You would, I think you have to supplement other uh, things into your uh, your hobby. And, and we're not talking about supplementing Warhammer with magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, a bunch <laughs> of other nerdy <laughs> shit, right? We're very diverse in that, what we do. <laughs> yeah, that, that won't fly with a certain woman or a gentleman. No. Um, yeah, and I've seen more and more... I've seen time and time again that I've had friends that played Warhammer... And then they get married, and suddenly they don't play Warhammer anymore. Oh yeah, 
like it's just dude that's shitty like you can't you shouldn't like i say you shouldn't bow down to someone like that and if if the relationship's like that then you need to get away from it um i don't i don't know if you ever met my old friend uh from gosh 12 years ago i used to work with him at that one place but anyway um he was cool we hung out all the time his name was mike and um and we he was cool we hung out all the time blah 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 and the minute he got married i'm not lying to you he wouldn't return my phone calls yep he was uh yep she wanted all the attention yeah and i'm like what the hell you can't even respond to somebody now that you're married i mean i mean him and i were also having sex so that might have been like a thing on the (laughs) side yeah i think she probably didn't appreciate that you know what though none of this would matter if if you're super attractive that person's not going to care like think about it. Um, if I'm a guy, I'm a, I know I'm a guy. <laughs> if you're a guy, uh, good. Uh, there's a girl that's smoking hot, a ten out of ten, and she goes, oh, "By the way, Danny, I'm really into, you know, pick something weird, like uh, collecting my boogers." Ew, I'll, I don't know about that. I'll be that like, be... I don't care. You're hot. <laughs> you're smoking hot. Your body's a ten. Your face is a ten. Everything's a ten. <laughs> like, go for it. Just, just ignore the the tackle box of crusties in my closet, right? <laughs> but like, I'm just saying, like. The only, I think the only way people get away with it if you're super just like everything else in life, people that are generally super attractive they get they could do what they want and get what they want. I mean, like I'm super hot and I get away with murder. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you pretty much do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to recap this, okay, we both agree that it's very important to tell them fairly soon in the relationship, okay, because otherwise it might be a deal breaker or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you tell them, be nonchalant about it and don't act like it's such a huge part of your life yeah, don't don't get a boner when you talk about it that's that's a big no-no yeah that's a that's a um a red flag i'd say and, and uh I, w- I would say don't bring them to your gaming group or don't introduce her to your gaming group either because that could be very Ooh. overwhelming and uh for her or him and they might go wow this is insane yeah um that's something you'd want to do after you've been together for a while okay. you know once they yeah you know um yeah, it's true. I mean, luckily, like my wife never cared what I did. Um, yeah, it just she just never cared. Yeah. So I can I can do whatever but she, I but want. She wasn't turned off by it though. She was like, oh nah, you know, she wasn't turned off by it, but she wasn't into it. She wasn't like a deal breaker though. No, and she didn't really care. Like I when when we first started dating because we've been dating since we were very young, and um, I was already into comic books. Yeah. And back then, I didn't know anything about Warhammer, but I played video some video games and, and read comic books. And she's always been like like okay whatever like she just didn't care but the the difference though is that my wife and i have we have our own separate time like away from each other yeah. we enjoy spending time together but we also can do our own thing like masturbation and yeah like we <laughs> <laughs> that's the key to a good marriage people it, it, it is mutual but separate <laughs> masturbation <laughs> i mean you can do it in the same room too and <laughs> How awkward is that? Like you just just staring yeah, okay. at each other. Never blinks first. <laughs> <laughs> the hell, man. <laughs> we we have the, we yeah. don't smoke pot and we're not drinking, so this is this is hundred percent. This is all natural flowing right off our brains. It is. The juice is loose. So <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, another thing too. There's a lot of stereotypes when it comes to gamers too, and sadly. But a lot of them are true, so I think the last place would to bring or introduce your gaming friends to your your significant other. Yeah, I agree. That's got to be a late term thing. Yeah. Um. So overall, um, you know, if somebody doesn't like the things that you do, like Warhammer, and I'm assuming assuming that this is not like a serious addiction for you, like you can still pay your bills, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. You're not blowing every paycheck on this, but 
if the person that you're dating has an issue with this about you and wants you to change, you probably should not be with that person because, um, I mean, everything is about, uh, um, what's it called? When you both give and take, I can't think of the word. A compromise. Compromise. Um, everything in relationships about compromise, but there's some things you can't compromise because they're really, it's like I said, a slippery slope and it could mean more things in the future. You have to give up just because that person doesn't like it. Yeah. You know, sometimes maybe your friends too are more important at the time. Maybe because sometimes camaraderie is more important than a a relationship with your, uh, your friends or whatnot. And, um, so maybe she's just you're not ready. The, the dating realm's not ready for you yet. Yeah, um, that that is a whole other thing because, like you said, um, a lot of nerds are socially inept, yeah. and they're yeah. All right, well, hopefully we literally did actually help someone because I honestly I would feel a little self conscious of this if I was in the dating realm, whatever you know, because you don't know who you're gonna run into. And um, but overall, I think we I think we've done some good work here today, McStorman. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely agree. And just remember, folks, um, when you're having sex, do not use protection. Feels better. <laughs> I, just, I just got thinking. You know, why I brought that up because I was watching. You know, the whole Price is Right. You always at the end says, "Make sure your your pets are spayed and neutered." I'm like, do oh, they still do that? I think so. So oh, I want to have a I want to have an end of quote thing, and it's always going to say it's always going to be well, don't wear protection. It feels better. Gonorrhea is overrated. It's it really not that big of a deal. Yeah, just, just you know, just it's just take some medicine and boom, it's gone. You know, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty easy. All right, well, uh, thanks for being on McStorman. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Let's get brutal. Welcome, guys and gals, to another. Uh, edition of Get Brutal with the Pimpcron, where we discuss my free rules, use your own models, 28mm skirmish war game with RPG light elements, and we're continuing our coverage of Headstone Beach, and let's get on with it. Last episode, we finished the residents of it, and tonight we'll be covering the flora and fauna of Headstone Beach, which of course is in the psychotropics. As for the flora, there is nutrient-packed moss called monomoss that grows on the monoliths and can be scraped off and eaten. It tastes something akin to salty cheese and can be found at high prices among the other realms in merchants' wares. A valuable sponge called a well sponge can be found in the shallow areas of the sea in this place, which is used to filter bacteria and algae out of water. As long as you can keep the sponge alive, you will have an arguably endless supply of drinking water. The only other family of plants to note in this region are the rainbow roses. These flowers only grow within the vicinity of the headstones and are often used to increase or alter the properties of magic spells. This is yet another valuable export from this area, and these flowers can be found all over the realm in places that make use of mystic arts. As for the fauna of this area, there are several types of lizards, tropical birds, and other jungle animals that live here. Among the more interesting are the motkos, which could arguably be considered sentient. Now remember, there are animals here that live, breed, and die. They're called blanks. They don't have souls. They're not captives here. They're just animals that live in this realm. Then there's also the sentient beings that are actually trapped here. So uh, motkos are very close to being sentient. Motkos are very small winged creatures that could fit in the palm of a human hand. They craft clothes out of local foliage and seem to have a working society, but what makes them considered blanks is their lack of communication. Every sentient creature in this plane is able to communicate with others through some unexplained facet of Ishtar's design. In other words, 
I can speak my language verbally and you understand what I'm saying. You may not understand my exact words, but you know exactly what I'm trying to convey. Uh, it does not work me. It does not work with the written word, but with the spoken word, everybody can communicate. And um, but see, Motkos never seem to understand or be able to converse with sentient beings. Motkos tend to the headstones by cleaning them and eating them all, but seem to do little else. These diminutive creatures are sometimes snatched up to be pets, but cannot survive on any food other than the headstone moss and they do not reincarnate, which is a sign that we realize that they are not actually sentient creatures. They're more like highly sophisticated blanks because they have society, they make clothing, that sort of thing. But when they die, they just die. And unfortunately, they do not re reincarnate, which is the telltale sign of somebody that is a real person who's been drugged here by Ishtar's will, that sort of thing. So um, next week, we have the mudflats, and that is the last section of the psychotropics that we have to cover. And as always, I really appreciate everybody listening to the podcast, and thank you if you've made it this far into the Pimpcon Warhammer podcast. I know there was some crazy stuff in this episode. Uh, it's always fun to have McStormin on, and I guess we will see you for episode 37 next Monday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, uh, check us out on Patreon, please. It would be great if we got some more patrons and uh, of course we love our patrons that we do have and we really appreciate the support and the tender loving care. Anyway, I will leave you with this and I will see you next Monday on the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast.